0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Commander Crunch. Before we get started today, just a quick dropping in to let you know that this beautiful, amazing, delicious, crunchy podcast is brought to you by both PureMTGO.com, where you can find articles on all different formats of magic, and of course, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar, because if you're in Australia, New Zealand, or Malaysia, go there for all of your auction needs. Now, on to the damn podcast!
1: Welcome to Commander Crunch episode 12. You're here for your nutritious serving of tasty Commander treats served up on the regular. Uh, We're all about the celebrating the culture, the community and creativity of primarily our favorite format of Commander in Magic the Gathering, the collectible card trading game. And uh, also a little side serving entertainment and pop culture discussions for ancillary influences. So I am, of course, Sam. No introduction needed. That's fine. As in, I'm just... I'm I'm not cocky. I'm just there's not that much interesting about me right now. Uh, but of course, tr- joined by the great terror of the top ropes, Stone Cold Chesh Austin. How you doing, Chesh? <laughs> oh, give me a hell yeah! Uh, I'm fine. <laughs> How you doing? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. I've um uh, got a lot of Commander out of my system over the last weekend, uh, and and reaching out to a bunch of awesome folk in the Commander community, and and just. There's no better way to get to know someone uh, than playing Commander with them. Uh, so, it's been really good. I've sorted out my whole setup. Um, a new stream cam, not using my phone anymore, uh, even though we did that whole stream with Nick uh, and, and Caitlin uh, the, the other week with my phone. actually held up. I couldn't believe it. And it was actually usable footage. But needless to say, I've got a much better setup now, and it's been reliable. So, yeah, really, really stoked getting to play some decks more just fired up to brew even more and uh seeing what everyone's playing which is great so yeah what about yourself
0: oh you know same old same old uh, building decks plotting the imminent destruction of the entire planet which has already been done for me by covid you yeah, know yeah, this is not the apocalypse we thought we were going to get in 2020 but hey you know <laughs> How it's many a- times over the years? When was the last time we thought there was going to be an apocalypse? Well, yeah. 2010, 2000, oh, you know, that, that pretty
1: awful much two- every 10 years. And
0: that awful 2012 movie. <laughs> I don't count that. That's just, let's not even talk about it. I no, that's wait. what I
1: mean. I, I don't often say movies are truly awful, but that one was truly awful. Mm-hmm. I can't stand that movie But yes, exactly um, Yeah, so I know you've been doing a lot of basketball card stuff Which I just generally join you with as well And, and kind of that's just a fun side thing to do We're kind of brewing up a nice little community there as well um, And it's just fun to talk basketball uh, The Nuggets got through to the next round Not that anyone tunes into this for um, for, for basketball <laughs> news But that actually kind of was a bright spot of, of awesomeness In uh, some otherwise How did last game go? Not great. <laughs> Sweet. Okay. Yeah, not mm-hmm. great at all. So that's that's why I'm kind of chiming off on that one. <laughs> i am just like enjoy the little success that Nuggets had Nuggets had for a game and uh or a series basically and uh as the underdogs and now it's yeah, probably gonna get beaten by the Lakers, but, but is what it is.
0: Let's be fair, Celtics lost their first two games into the conference finals. Yeah. So you know. They won their third. They're still in with a
1: chance. Well, I was going to say, that's the Nuggets thing. They've done that last two series. Uh, yeah, series anyway. They've been down 3-1. And uh, that's where they want to be. Have, it's fine. <laughs> have
0: they ever won a championship?
1: Nuggets? No. you put my uh, knowledge on the spot right now. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> if, um, <laughs> Not one that people can remember. Well, Zing! <laughs> exactly. At the very least. Uh, no, they've never won a championship. Well, there you go. Exactly. But I like the underdog. That's how I go. Anyway. So so, did I, but then the Raptors got knocked out. Hmm. Yeah, but they won last year, but you weren't paying attention.
0: (laughs) You're Right, I wasn't.
1: (laughs) Sorry, I just saw your your, uh, your note at the bottom for entertaining, but we'll get to that. But it made me laugh. (laughs) Um, So, (laughs) what we've got to talk about this week, it might be a long discussion. It might not be very much kind of leaning on the not be because I think you you want to have some dinner and um, we've got other things to do. But it it was kind of... It's going to act as a nice little filler one before we have our next guest on on Saturday Um, Mm -hmm. and then we've got another guest lined up and then for here on out I think we can line up guests because it's what we love to do. (laughs) We love to talk to the community and (laughs) often speak about even not about magic and just see what comes out of it. But it all relates back to magic, of course. But basically what's happened is um, based on playing a bunch of games – Brewing a bunch of decks, first of all, with ideas of how I was going to have these play on webcam, I kind of get, got to this this, this pattern. I, it, it, it was only when I think I was playing, uh, yeah, with you, Chesh, and Caitlin on that stream a couple of weeks ago where I accidentally discarded a, um, uh, well, not accidentally, I was like, I'm not going to play this, but a, a thieves auction um, mm-hmm. that was in my Obosh deck. I'm like, whoa, yeah, that's probably not the best thing to play on webcam, so... Um, <laughs> It got me really thinking about something that had inherently become part of my deck building process up until that point, subconsciously, that I was making active choices for what was easier to play on webcam. For I can't play this card because it's going to be hard to do, pull off when you've got the. You can't grab someone else's cards, you can't search their library, that kind of thing. So it it really got me thinking. Again, it may be pretty straightforward what we discuss right now because I've actually a bunch of these things may have almost been answered as I've played over the weekend. But it's, it's just really interesting to go, first of all, you find yourself deck building wise going, putting yourself under all these restrictions of what's not going to work. Generally speaking, I've found that you can play more things than than you would realize and there's a few ways around that and how to do it. So that's kind of where we're going to get into this week. Pretty much just cards to play on webcam, how you do it, if they're not as easy as just something happening on your board, if there's someone else's deck, someone else's whatever, uh, how to do it? Some good kind of guidelines to do so. Yeah, like I say, how how you go about it, and then probably even just a couple that you still probably still want to stay away from. So get your Shahrazads out, basically. So um, yeah, so that's that's kind of leading into it. Um, any any thoughts before we get kick and chess?
0: is banned in Commander. So. I know,
1: but Rule Zero, right? <laughs>
0: And if anyone ever brings it to my table, I will kick them off my table.
1: No, you not only... As they start to set up for a game under the table, you're going to be flipping said table.
0: I wouldn't flip the table. There's other players at that table. That's true. Yeah. I'd just be like, you? No. There could be physical damage dealt.
1: <laughs> 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 uh, I'm not that yeah. bad. Geez. Good fun. Good fun. That's, uh, um, yeah. yeah, no. I, I think we should just dive straight in. Exactly. Absolutely. So, first of all, t- Chesh, tell us your, I guess, your perception of... The way you've built decks up until this point, and has that changed at all um, you know, when we started doing webcam commander? Uh and then also, yeah, did did it start a certain way, you change your way, or do do you have a kind of view on it right now as as far as generally what you like to put in decks and not?
0: Hey kids. This is a story from Chesh about how he finally went out and decided to get himself a copy of Mindslaver, a pretty <laughs> foil copy of Slaver that came from a mystery booster and went, I finally have a copy again. Maybe this time I'll actually play it. And then COVID happened. Yes. And then I realized that I will never play that card. So here's my thing. Um, if it's a card that gives public knowledge to the table, it's not an inconvenience as such to the table, right? Yeah. Uh, because all you need to do is have that person put it on the side in a special pile yeah. or people's as the case is we'll talk about later. Um, but if it is something where you need to specifically look at somebody's hand and grab a card or the top card of their deck and no one else can see, not even them, uh, et cetera, just, just don't do it. It's too hard to set up. You could jump on discord as well and and grab the person into discord and, Oh, that's yeah, so much yeah. hassle. A
1: side room, you know that kind yeah, of Yeah,
0: and and it's like you just you don't need to do it. You don't need to play those cards. Just stick to easy things. Now I, I realize that for some people, playing something that gives public knowledge to the whole board, it might not be as easy. Oh, oh excuse me, hiccups again. Bless you. Uh, it, it might not be that easy. Let's take for example, he says this is rummaging through his deck. There should be one in here. I always play one. Where is it? There it is. Uh, so let's say Atali Primal Storm, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, because Atali says, whenever Atali Primal Storm attacks, exile the top card of each player's library. You may then cast any number of nonland cards exiled this way without paying the mana costs. Love it. Now... Very easy card to use, very easy in a webcam commander game, because it gives everyone that public knowledge. You're not having to create mm. some sort of side chat, side room kind of thing to look at that person's top of their card, uh, top card of their library or their hand or whatever. So that is perfectly acceptable. Um, as, as you've noted down... Uh, Infinity tokens or or the like, you know, some sort of dry erase with a token is a great idea for this kind of thing. Yeah, otherwise, getting a permanent that you have to keep. Tokens and stuff. Uh, The same with stealing cards off people, Mm. although, although, I won't go near stealing stuff off people. Okay. If I have to control your board, I would generally try and stay away from it just because I could make a token of it. But I'm really bloody lazy.
1: Yeah. And and that's that's down to a personal preferencing, I think, there. But um I, I, I'm really happy you 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 drew that defining line there that basically what it may actually really come down to, there's massive inconvenience, of course, but public knowledge versus private knowledge. And and that's exactly. that's one of the biggest defining factors of at first, I'm like, I'm sure Mindslave is going to be fine. And they're like, no, actually, you know what? When.
0: No, because you have to sit
1: in somebody's lap to play it. Exactly. Uh, which is part of the fun, mind you, in, in Paper Magic. Um, you know, in the store, whatever. Depends on the lap. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Exactly You're right. You're welcome. Come sit on Grandpa's. <laughs> <laughs> you can have a link uh, to my OnlyFans. Exa- oh, no. uh, exactly. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. But uh, yeah, so. But that aside, like you say, uh I think this is really underlined by having a chat to the Lexicon guys. And I was on their stream on the weekend. And thanks so much, guys, for having me. That was amazing and so much fun. Can't wait to do it again. But we kind of had that discussion. And I was like, I was bringing it up. But we generally, communication is the key. That's the heart of it. Yep. This goes back to our other episode about like cards to play for healthy interaction on your table. And it's that's the kind of thing. The more you talk, the more you get involved, it's the less there's just awkward silences, whatever. Not that they're awkward. I think we're all in understanding with each other and whatever. But it's they're they're the enjoyable games when someone's always talking and there's just a lot of action going on. When you play cards like this, you kind of really that, that rely on other people's cards, decks, whatever. It, it's all about that communication. You've got to be discussing stuff. And, and so the case in point there, like I said, I haven't played atali yet. I've seen people play Atali. It's been fine. Um, everyone's just got to have a... a, a oh, actually, no, the person playing really just has to have it. Um, like a dry erase kind of marker <laughs> type system. You, um,
0: you wait until you play against
1: Paco. With what? Paco.
0: Paco. You yeah, wait until you yeah, play well, against Paco.
1: Same, same thing. And Paco and Haldun, um, which a deck we'll go into in a little bit, maybe even just briefly, but is is a deck that Cheshire's putting together at the moment. And I played against Joel on the um, MTG Lexicon Discord um, absolute legend, and he's been playing a uh, Paco and Holden deck as well, and that was the one that turned me around. To go, oh, actually, I'm putting this from my category of not really playable because it's too hard to manage, and there's a lot of triggers happening off the top of people's libraries. Same, basically, the same as Italy. Uh, to no, that's fine. And what we ended up doing was, again, we are uh, we're flexible. We figure it out. Communication is the key. And so we had each of us had a, a little dry erase marker. Um, Token of It just was like the Paco zone And we just put all the cards there Um, And then when Joel was ready to play one He would make a token of it If it was a permanent Otherwise Oh no, I think it has to be a permanent anyway Um, So that kind of deal Again, it's just communication Uh, On the first game of the stream on the weekend I played Rexiel, my beloved Rexil is one of my deepest and oldest, <laughs> deepest, get it? Because um, he's the denizen of the deep. But um, he's he's an absolute legend. Love Rexil the best. Love the way it plays. Just big sea monsters and milling everyone and then pulling out basically things from their yard. And ideally, the game ends when I cast Rise of the Dark Realms, which is exactly how it ended this time. Um, that was initially, I thought that was just going to be an absolute headache for everyone. Uh, and I was like, I don't, I was just avoiding it actually. I wasn't going to play it on webcam. And I'm like, no, we can make this happen without being too bad. And it's generally a matter of, as long as I'm quick enough and not being too slow and taking up everyone's time, just going, everyone, just tell us, you know, even though it gives up a little bit of information, tell us what instance and in sorceries you got in your yard um, because it may <laughs> actually give up what I'm about to cast or whatever. Uh, and the same with creatures, yeah. you know, so. Um, but it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. And I was able to find out what was in everyone's graveyards that was of use. Um, mm-hmm. Once it was time for the Rise of the Dark Realms, I kind of did a general, guys, just list off what creatures are in your graveyards. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Okay. And, and, th- and
0: also, I'll just intervene and in oh, say yeah. there is a card that sometimes I do play that breaks my rule. Yeah, okay. But that's because it's Hellkite Tyrant yeah 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 and that's that's more i consider that more a mass removal of artifacts type card because what you're doing is you're using it to steal somebody's like gigantic stupid board that you just kind of don't want them to have mm. so just just to bear that one in mind just before anyone asks because i know that somebody's going to look at this list and they're going to turn around and they're probably going to say like oh but but you included like Hellkite Tarrant, like yeah yeah i did but not not
1: for the reason you think uh, yeah, so I mean, it's it's fine. Uh, you can make that happen. It's it's drawing uh, drawing tokens. That all works. Everything, but it's yeah, pretty much. That's that's all my. I really need to say about it at this stage. That I think, don't stress too much about uh, making severe cuts in your deck based on what you can't play. Anything uh, is kind of doable, manageable, unless it is, of course, like the mindslaver type thing. Thieves' Auction was the other one I was just thinking of. I'm sure there's much a bunch of others, but it's more about just making that call going, will, will this be a massive hassle for everyone? Uh, and generally things that are just stealing someone's artifact or even to the extreme of... As far as I'd push this, Chesh, would be uh, the, the the deck I actually just played before against um, Peefrizz and Joel on the Discord uh, Lexicon server. The Thadoradel deck, and again, it was actually a deck that. Have you played against this one before? No, no. So it's again a deck that I was like, ah, oh, this doesn't. This is going to be tricky to do on webcam. That kind of thing. Um, Ineaz is another one that I kind of almost draw the line because it's like, I everyone can do it and it should be fine, but it's it's we've all got to basically exchange permanence. So. As long as everyone's got the tokens, it's probably fine. So, I might still try that one out anyway. But the Thadda deck is, of course, the merfolk that goes and steals people's artifacts. Uh, or you can you can take them out of their library. So, there is a searching element there of finding what's in their library. The thing we mm-hmm. did, um, and p 3s actually just sent me a deck list so I could sift through, which is pretty funny. Um, so, I was able to grab out the artifact I wanted and, and, and cast it from there kind of thing. So, that was an all right... Kind of method, but that relies on someone actually having their deck list online. So there's that exactly. Of so
0: I again, like, it's very much the same as like I need to look at only your hand, and I need to look at only your X. Like just just make it easier on the table and just don't. Yeah,
1: exactly. But I will say that on the Lexicon stream, Jeff played an Acquire. I think. Oh no, someone else played an Acquire. I think it might have been Brandon. Played an Acquire and then cast on Jeff. And that was all fine. Then I cast that Acquire out of the graveyard afterwards and then targeted Jeff. And Jeff basically just I just he pretty much just reeled off all the artifacts in his deck. Almost as in mm-hmm. and, and I will say too, this is a whole social contract thing. The Lexicon guys have their own kind of rules, which is uh it's it's very much like we're playing to win and and playing some good powered stuff, but it's 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 casual in the fact that we're all having fun and it's even little things. Chesh, I didn't even realize the whole the mulligan system that these guys employ as well, which was mm-hmm. like just make sure you're at seven. <laughs> like it's no yeah, it's no fun if like you. It's an honesty system, of course. You're not being stupid it's the about one
0: that it. We have on command of the distancing, which when you're on, I didn't understand why that it, like everyone had just decided like it was going to be seven seven six six, and I was like. I'm just gonna be
1: quiet. Like, I, don't <laughs> care. I, I my hand is good. So, if you want to change the rules, I'm just gonna yeah, let that go. Yeah, you, you should have, you should have said that as as the host. No. That anyway, it was no. fine. I didn't win that one. I don't care. Um, <laughs> that's fine. But yeah, so Jeff pretty much just reeled off all the artifacts in his deck, and it was like, yep, easy. And I don't care if that gives away information to anyone. That's the whole point. Like, it's and that's the way I usually treat it on the more casual side. Which I'm not looking for those one percenters. Um, you know that kind of thing. Anyway. Because if you were, you'd be running all the same basic land and all that crap anyway. So, it, exactly. it wasn't a stress. I I think I stole his... It's funny, actually. I stole his sort of feast and famine uh, mm. with the Acquire. And I, strangely enough, had a um, double masters foil version just sitting here anyway. Um, that has yet to make a place, like, find a place in, in any of my decks. Which I know it can go in any deck. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Lo and behold, I pulled that out and it just acted as a real one. But we knew it was Jeff's. So... Yeah, that kind of worked anyway. But uh, yeah, I mean, more or less, I think we've kind of condensed this all down to what I thought might be a big lofty back and forth discussion about this too. Where I'm leaning towards now after playing a lot more Webcam Commander, like I say, generally communication's the key and that's actually only ever really a good thing. Uh, but I think it's just draw the line when it is something that is important hidden information i think that's the one like don't expose Mm -hmm. it because what are you going to do tell everyone to close your eyes you know (laughs) that kind of thing um and 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 then just being oppressive kind of thing so um yeah you said something about stasis before but it wasn't really about this it was just we were just generally talking about oppressive cards um but yeah that's more or less it so um yeah anything else i wanted to go through I think I just wanted to jump into um, the Paco and Halden deck that you've been putting together. And, and, I mean, I know you said you haven't played it yet, uh, but it's kind of an a early beta 1.0. Um, yeah, pretty much. But um, I know you originally said, though, that you're like, oh, I don't know if I'll really play it on webcam, but it's like, no, I think, I think you'll be fine. We'll figure it out. Exactly. And it's not the worst thing. It's, it's not crazy uses of other people's cards or anything. So, um, yeah. So... Are you excited to play this bad boy?
0: I I am actually. It looks fun. Uh, so basically, I, I guess I should tell you what the actual commanders do. Um, Halden, uh, avid arcanist, does nothing. Like really, it doesn't. It, it just doesn't matter. Well, you just, you <laughs> need it
1: to play the cards, right?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, but I don't care. I don't. So- I don't. All right. So let me explain. So, um, Peko is a good boy. Because uh, Peko is an elemental hound, three three oh, for I just five want, mana. Thank you, my hug. Uh, yeah, three colors of red and a green. Mm. Um, and whenever Peko, uh, a cane retriever, attacks, exile the top card of each player's library, including your own, and then put a fetch counter on each of them. Put a plus one plus one counter on Peko for each non-creature card exiled this way. Mm. I went a little bit creature heavy with this deck i think there's like 16 ish creatures <laughs> that's that heavy um, i mean it is for this i mean deck. for the build exactly but this isn't your usual peco build no uh Haliden, uh is a one four wizard for two colors and a blue and you can play non-creature cards uh from exile with fetch cannons on them if you exiled them and you may spend mana, as though it was mana, of any colour to cast those spells. So, the, the so essentially, you're removing the top card with your Peiko, your good boy. You're getting plus one, plus one cannons in your Peiko. And then Howdens allowing you to cast non-creature spells um, that have been removed by Peiko. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's actually play and not cast. Yes, so you can, an, you can get lands. Well, I... Don't know about that because it says non-creature. Oh, you're non-creature yeah, cards. I so spells. you're totally fine. Yeah, so, you can.
1: you can. You can. then use. You can use <laughs> other people's lands. That kind of thing, which yeah. is good.
0: Um, which is something I would generally kind of like. More, like a step away from
1: as far um, as other people. But in or? this,
0: yeah. But in this case, it's it's not that bad because it's just lands. It's not like it's still public information. Basically, you just mm. write it up on a token. Um, now. What you'll need to know about this deck is that uh, we do play some, or I'm going to call it uh, ramp and pseudo ramp. Um, so we've got Birth the paradise and Llanowar elves because they're both tapped for a mana. Um, we've got a cultivate so that we can search for two basic land cards, put one of them into your hand and one of the battlefield tapped. Yep. Uh, we have explore because we can draw a card and then play an additional land. We have a far seek. Because we can go searching for a Plains Island Swamp or Mountain. Um, considering where a tricolour deck really comes in handy. Because mm-hmm. uh, we can search for an island or a mountain. Also, you know, it's it's just one of those kind of staples. Oh, totally, um, totally. The one thing to remember is that it doesn't say that it has to be basic. It just puts them onto the battlefield tapped. So we have a copy of Sylvan Scrying as well. Um, so we can search a library for a land card, reveal it, put it in your hand, your Library. This is especially useful with Rogue's Passage, mm. so that Peko can go unblocked. Um, so it can just deal massive damage. Um, the same with your Hour of Promise. Search a library for up to two land cards, put them on battlefield the Tapped. Shuffle Library. We also, of course, have Growth Spiral. Um, so this is a blue and a green, or better known as a Simic, for an instant. Draw a card, and then you can put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield uh which is pretty awesome we also have an unexpected results now i was gonna say
1: this is one of my (laughs) spiciest favorite cards to see in this list because it's been a pet card of mine for a long time it's not
0: i love it it's not the greatest but it's kind of just
1: no you know what it's 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 just always a good time
0: yeah so two colors a green and a blue for a sorcery shuffle your library then reveal the top card If it's a non-land card, you can cast it without paying its mana cost, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. If it's a land card, however, you may put it onto the battlefield and then return unexpected results to its owner's hand. So you've got a 64% chance-ish,
1: or 63%. Yeah, pretty much. 63% to to hit a uh, a spell. If not, you just just ramp. So, yeah. Exactly.
0: So we've got a a couple of ways there to shore up our mana base um, so that we can get the right colors as soon as possible. Um, preferably I would like to run more ramp than this. And in the future I might, when I tinker with the dick, the, the dick, with the dick <laughs> I, might, I might be a New Zealander. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when I tinker with the deck a little bit more. Um, but I guess the next thing that we need to go on to is, is the weird spice. Um, mm. and this is what the deck is kind of, has an, a, a sort of a sub theme of, uh, before we go into card draw. And that is um, taking extra combat steps and double striking people
1: out. Yeah, which is one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> exactly, yeah. and it's—I I said it the other uh, the other day, and I was joking, but then it actually made it a bit more sense. Like, you know what? It's actually kind of true. I find extra combat steps are the respectful extra turn <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they they hold your the the attention and the time on you a bit longer but it's not quite the same as a full turn and it's definitely not really the groan that people take when they're, oh I'll take an extra turn like, Oh, okay and it's like no i'll yeah, just take just an, extra an extra combat, combat step, step. So, yeah
0: yeah Less- um especially if you rogues passage and make your your peco unblockable and then you have Berserker's Onslaught Out, which is three colours oh, yeah. and two red for enchantment. Yeah. Attacking creatures you control have double strike. You can pretty much, yeah, most of out. the time, one-shot somebody and just take them straight out of the game.
1: Very cool bargaining chip. Yeah, and it's also, that's the point with this one too. Unlike, uh, I, I saw Paco and Helden, and, um, first of all, massive flavour when I was just trying to, I was going to mention before, uh, the fact that Paco retrieves things and Halden's just a cool mm-hmm. old wizard. He's like, yeah, you go get it. Bring it back and I'll cast it. Um, super cool. Uh, but I, when I first saw these commanders, I was like, well it's like Intet, a little bit like Itali. Things I love to do, but I've already got those decks. But I do see Paco and Halden in a different axis somewhat, I, I think. that, mm-hmm. um, Like you say, Paco really, really benefits from extra combat steps because you're, you're throwing, uh, you're, you're getting a massive boost in power each time. And it's like that's where it gets exponential.
0: Exactly. Um, so moving on from that one. Oops. Let me just.
1: I will say too uh, that where was it? Um, follow Enthrallman One on Twitter because that is uh, Joel who have been playing against on the on the Discord and. Uh, he has is actually painted the most amazing altars of Halden and Paco. Um, so, yeah, amazing kind of insight into, again, the creativity and magic we kind of look at every now and then. But this one, he was saying that it just really spoke to him about him and his dog. And that's like, yeah, it's really a personal kind of connection to, a, to a Commander. And goes back to the thing that I, I, I hear people say too much that, oh, that Commander is strictly better than this. Why aren't you just playing this? And like, well, that's not the point of Commander. You play the cards that you want to play. You want them to be good. But, like, you want to be in the game, but the whole point is playing the things that speak to you. And uh, if you've got more of an affinity to something that's less optimal, not that I think this is, I think Haldon and Parker are quite amazing, um, then, you know, all power to you. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Um, so, speaking of. Yes. Uh, we also have Breath of Fury. Yeah. So this enchantment is two colors and two red for enchantment aura. Enchant a creature you control. When the enchanted creature deals combat damage to a player, sacrifice it and then attach Breath of Fury to a creature you control. And if you do, untap all creatures you control. And after this phase, there is an additional combat
1: phase. I like this one. I had an extra Combat phase. It. Yeah. So you don't get a... Combat phase. <laughs> you don't get an extra like main phase, but that's fine.
0: No, extra combat phases. Mm. And, and that's the point. Like, you should only need a couple to, like, kill the table, right? Exactly. So, Breath of Fury is a weird include because it makes you sacrifice a creature, uh, but that's why it's in here. Uh, we also have Seize the Day. So, untap target creature. After this phase, there's an additional combat phase, followed by an additional main phase. Uh, this is three colors and a red, and it has flashback for two colors and a red, so that you can get it in there. Uh, we also have... Relentless Assault, this is two colors and two red. Untap all creatures that attacked this turn. After the uh, this main phase, there is an additional combat phase followed by an additional <laughs> main phase. Uh, we also have Combat Celebrant, which is a nice little bit of tech here. So this is a 4-1 Human Warrior for two colors and a red. If the Celebrant hasn't uh, been exerted this turn... You may exert it as it attacks, and when you do, untap all other creatures you control. And after this phase, there's an additional combat phase. Now, I was gonna play some duplicating copying stuff yeah. to make like a mass army of combat celebrants just kill somebody. Too much acid. Don't worry about it.
1: I was gonna say you um, can untap, and then I was like, Oh, it hasn't been exerted. So it's already it's already yeah. covered that. You've literally got a helmet host it or or copy exactly. it or something. So yeah. yeah. But that's the thing. I was uh, just thinking that too. Like looking at extra ways to do it and the other one i always love was um uh what's the is it relentless assault It's actually the enchantment no the did we go through that one
0: the enchantment we already went through the
1: enchantment yeah, yes where is it no the other one i was thinking of that you actually pump mana into the one that i don't use yeah exactly so there's yeah oh, i've got to remember well, that's actually- because i don't want to pump mana into an enchantment exactly but I was going to say the the <laughs> one I've I've used in like Atali is you use that and Neheb, um, as in mono red Naheb from one of the Amoket sets. Anyway, we get to it. But basically that pumps you up full of mana, uh, gives you red mana to spend if uh, if Neheb connects basically. And that's a fun one to make infinite things. But then there's the point. And like I was thinking with the combat celebrant, you don't really don't need to go too far with Paco to take a player out. That's the point. Like, you're not looking at doing 27 combat steps. You need two or three, you know, and that's mm. usually fine.
0: Yeah, well, pretty much. It's it's one of those things. Um, Trying to remember where it was. Hellcat Charger. Yeah. Four colors and two red for a 5-5 Flying star. When Hellkite Charger attacks, you may pay five colors and two red. And if you do, untap all attacking creatures. And after this phase, yeah. there's an additional combat phase. There you go. That's your infinite now that, one. Now, that might sound good enough. Yeah. But uh, M21 gave us something special in a little enchantment. Uh, and this actually works for a bunch of cards in this deck. This is double... <laughs> Vision double tap. This is three colors and two red for an enchantment. Whenever you cast your first instant or sorcery spell each turn, copy that spell. You can choose new targets for the copy. Um, it's nice to be able to copy your extra turn, your extra combat step stuff, like at least once on your turn. So why not include it? Uh, speaking of, we also have, of course, refuse to cooperate. Mm. So Refuse deals damage equal to uh, target spells, controller, equal to that spells, converted mana cost. So that's pretty hilarious, especially (laughs) if you get a copy of it and somebody's playing a nice big X spell and you just burn them straight out of the game because they're silly. And they've got infinite mana. Like, good job. I just killed you. Uh, The Aftermath, which is the cooperate, uh, which is two colors to blue and copy target instant or sorcery spell. You can choose new targets. I don't see this
1: card played enough. And um, the key there too, in a copy spell, what you're looking for is um, uh, you're looking for the text or not. You you don't want the text as much that you control. So that one does not have that. So it's three mana in your yard Mm -hmm. to copy target, instant or sorcery spell full stop. And therefore you can use that against counter spells. You can kind of use a lot of things against themselves. So yeah, nice.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um.
0: All right, so uh, we include a little bit of card draw in the deck as well uh, because you've got to keep drawing cards. Naturally. I, so of I course mean, I will say a...
1: that Parko kind of... I mean, if you've got Parko and Heldon there, you've got, of course, that, if if nothing else. So, Exactly. Uh,
0: so we've got Rhystic Study, which you all should know what it does. Uh, we've got good old Gitaxian Probe. Oh, yeah. Uh, so this is one Frixian Blue. Look at target player's hand and draw a card. Mainly um, just to draw the card. if i play this on somebody i'm usually going like hey do you have anything in your hand that can stop me
1: yes (laughs) this is that's that's all i want to know that's true and this is this is funnily enough with the 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 kind of topic before that by all means replace this with something else if you're going to like think about running that's just that's the thing too it is technically then private information exactly uh Um, whatever yeah
0: so we get a copy of brainstorm so this is One blue, draw three cards, put two cards from your hand on top of your library in any order. We have one copy of Ponder, which is one blue, look at the top three cards of your library, put them back in any order, uh, shuffle your library if you wish, and then draw a card. Very specifically, you can see that we're being able to put stuff back on the top of our library for no other reason than Peiko being a good boy with them. Mm (laughs)
1: <laughs> which was we, we, yeah exactly which was always in my um, my thing with Intet, and you've played Intet a bit too haven't you and it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's just a great fun thing like there's a lot of i i went right uh right down the rabbit hole of all the things that care about the top deck and i know you don't have you don't have a sensei's top here i think that's a bit overkill mm-hmm. like you don't it's it's not i think with parko anyway this isn't a combo deck it doesn't exactly need it. and it's like i think with parko as opposed to something like Intet, you're not it's not about it's getting a little bit of value. It's not about fully cheating, like, an omniscience out or anything like that. Oh, so.
0: and you're going to love some of the choices in this deck because it is all about, like, wrangling a little bit of value. Yeah, it's just a bit of just value. Just for the fun of
1: like it. Like in me, Eternity's Crafter. Hell, yeah. Like, I just, yeah. <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet. You just spoiled uh, it for everyone. Yeah, I'm just looking through and getting excited. <laughs> my about- my favourite bait. Yeah, I know. And, and team is my favourite colours, and I haven't played them in a while. I'm just getting really excited. But, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, we have a
0: Veil of Summer in here
1: i saw um, this i
0: wanted to ask you about this what's going all on right. who
1: wronged you first of all
0: uh anyone who plays blue and black and wants to either target my hand or counter my spells pretty good <laughs> uh if i want to take an extra combat step i'm gonna bloody take an extra combat step and there's nothing you can do to stop uh, that's true
1: who doesn't run red <laughs> elemental blast in a mono red deck well, yeah. Exactly. exactly. And, and and the feeling, the triumphant feeling of taking down a Cyclonic Rift with one measly <laughs> mana. Just, and just being like, no. Nah. And watching someone drowning their own tears. It's just, mm. mm exactly. Just amazing. Um, so, fail the
0: summer draw a card if an opponent has cast a blue or black spell this turn. Uh, spells you control can't be counted uh, this turn. You and permanence you control gain hexproof from blue and from black until the end of turn. Get stuffed blue or so, black so, players. Get, yeah, get nice protection. Yeah, but one. A copy not. of Snap. Exactly, Snap. Uh, one blue and one colorless. Return target creature to its owner's hand and then up untap up to two lands Ooh. uh going along that theme we do have a cyclonic rift which you'll already know what does everyone and if you
1: don't you should look it up yep uh
0: we do have one copy of imprisoned in the moon i'll say before you because- get to imprisoned
1: do you mind if i just chime in about your little snap there because snap oh, is sure. that this is one to really consider i think more people need to consider this with deck building Throw on someone in there or a snap or just something that unconditionally gets like bounces a creature and I tell you this because mm. I saw BDM post the other day how he won an epic, epic, um, I think it was BDM. I swear it was, an epic commander game based on an unsummon. And that's all mm-hmm. it takes sometimes. It's, it's more that that gives you so many options. It can hit yours. It can hit someone else's. You can save yours, whatever. I mean, that's the thing with, hold on, Cyclonic Rift. You can do. Cyclonic Rift isn't even, is it? Yeah, Cyclonic Rift can't even save your own things. So it can't do everything. Um, yeah, having yeah. a snap or, or just an unsummer is so important. And sometimes it just hits right in. It's like dropping the bomb in the exhaust port of the Death Star sometimes. It's just like, this is exactly what I need right now to change the outcome of this uh, game. So uh, I think that's what she said. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Just cheap, <laughs> cheap, solid. Uh, powerful interaction. So, yeah, think about it. Mm. Anyway, we were at one of the anyway. greatest removal spells of all time. Uh, exactly. Imprisoned
0: in the Moon. So, Imprisoned is really important. And if you're not playing it in your blue decks, Go get you one. should be playing it in almost every one of your blue decks. So, two colors and a blue for an enchantment aura, enchant creature land, or planeswalker. Enchanted permanent is a colorless land with tap, add a colors to your mana pool, and it loses all other card types. And abilities it's makes some people this pretty can <laughs> really really take somebody's like big bad threat out of the game um, not only that uh, it can absolutely get rid of indestructible creatures and stuff like that because it's removing um, the ability yep so the one thing to remember is that this is gonna turn something big and nasty into a shitty land just a
1: moon and and i mean the other ones you command commanded too and that's why this exactly. Kenra's transformation things like that they're just all really really good at going well this is so difficult to deal with because it's like well mm-hmm. now it's just a land i can't really even interact with it because how many people run anything that can suck a land exactly they gotta they gotta wait on their uh their enchantment removal you know that kind of stuff so it's it can throw a, a player back very very far so yeah nice
0: now, speaking of who wronged me... <laughs> yeah,
1: tell me, tell me. What did they do? So, first station? up, we
0: have Stifle for one blue. Yeah. This is an instant with counter-target artifact... Uh, sorry, target <laughs> activated. Yeah, activated or triggered ability. Uh, you can't target mana abilities, so don't even try. No. Um, but you want to stop somebody's fetch land, you can absolutely do oh, that. yes. You want to shut down somebody's... Uh,
1: I don't know, uh, triggered ability from a creature entering the battlefield. Absolutely, you can do that. Um, what do you think of also in that vein? If you, I mean, I don't know if you're on it. run, two of these effects, but would you... I am running Void Slime, yes. No, I mean, yes, there's that. That's <laughs> void Slime is fantastic. And, and it sounds like I love it because it sounds like what you wanted to change your name to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like Wedge Star, correct Exactly uh, But Tail's End is one from M20 I, um, I keep looking at it going oh, Actually it's pretty pretty decent And uh, it's one more mana One in a blue It's not in the deck But I I'm, I'm just want to quiz you about your thoughts and, and where to include this this kind of thing But one, one in a blue for an instant counter target Activate ability, ability So same do Or legendary spell So you can just mm-hmm. counter a commander But the difference between one and two mana is Of course substantial um, but the classic, of course, uh, Stifle is good fun. Yeah. And just efficient exactly. and lean. So, but yeah, you can upgrade that package to a, uh, or that, that that slot to a, uh, also target legendary creatures, which you're always going to see them, mm-hmm. uh, for two mana. But for an extra mana. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. Now, who's, got, that. who's got extra mana lying um,
0: about? <laughs> exactly. So, uh, the other one he says, is uh, Void slam." So this is one green and two blue for an instant Counter-target spell, activated ability, or triggered ability. Um, again, mana abilities can't be targeted. Can't be targeted, yeah. Moving on, we have, and I'm going to move that one to the back a little bit so we can talk about that in a second. So we've got Counterflux. This is a two blue and a red. Mm. Uh, counterflux can't be countered by spells or abilities. Counter target spell you don't control, and it has overloaded a cost of one colors, two blue, and a red, so it can counter everything on the stack. Everything. We have a Plasm Capture. Uh, this is semi-ramp as well as a counter spell. Two green, two blue for an instant. Counter target spell. At the beginning of your next pre-combat main phase, add X mana of any combination of colors to your mana pool where X is that spell's converted mana cost. Nice. Which is huge.
1: Yeah, and that's usually I mean it's essentially a mana drain, but um the I'd I love to play this, I just haven't played in a little while. But it, it's funny how it often plays out. You're looking for the biggest, juiciest target, of course, there. And sometimes that'll even go against like, oh, I didn't really want to pick a, a fight with this this particular player but they just played the biggest spell i could find and so i counted it and that's almost the your reasoning when they get salty at you it's like well uh, this is the biggest spell i could find <laughs> yep yep pretty much game's got to end. uh we've got a
0: trap essence which is green blue and red can target creature spell we'll put two plus one plus one counters on up to uh one target creature paco get bigger so <laughs> this is pretty great when you got Paco out and you're like hey peco i'll make you a little bit bigger Yeah, great. People people don't like that. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Uh, Going back to old school, we do have a spell snare for one I was going to ask you about that. A spell with converted mana cost of two. That's incredibly specific. (laughs) It is incredibly specific. Again, who's wronged you with two mana things? Hmm. How much does Cyclonic
1: Rift cost? That's true, but overload.
0: Yeah, well, I'm not counting overload.
1: Okay, fair enough. But, yeah. Get them. Uh, oh, a little you know rambit growth. Really, just tell them where to stick it. Yes. Um,
0: yeah, yeah there's heaps of stuff it hits. Um, so we got a, a copy of Swan Song. E. Hey. Uh, counter target enchantment instant or sorcery. Its controller then creates a two two bird um, creature token with flying. Let's give him a swan, whatever. We also have good old counter spell to straight up two blue say no. Yeah, always great. But my favorite counter spell ever that's been printed thus far. My favourite... Yeah. Well, technically my second favourite, because I love suffocating blast. that's not in here and probably <laughs> should be, um, is Mystic Snake. This is one oh, colour, yeah. a green and two blue, for a good boy snake. Good boy. And when you play the snake, uh, anytime you could play an instance, so it has flash, it's just like, you know, very old card with very old wording on it. Uh, when it comes into, the, into play counter target Spell... It's it's great,
1: pretty clean. It does what it does. You're not even getting crazy and and making a little uh, flick a loop or anything like that. That's fine. It's fine. Just once is enough. No, you get a good
0: boy. Yeah. Uh, Moving on to the creatures and what this deck does. So obviously we know that this deck um, does a little bit of uh, you know secondary combat stuff. Um, Let me just move those down there because they don't matter. So uh, we've got an Atali Primal Storm, which we spoke about before. Just great. Uh, It's a six six. We, of course, have Rashmi, Eternity's Crafter. Uh, Two colors, a blue and a green, and if you don't know what this does, you should. It's an Elf Druid 2-3. Whenever you cast your first spell each turn, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a non-land card with a converted mana cost less than that spell, uh, then you may cast it without paying its mana cost. If you don't, however, put the reveal card into your hand. Holy Baloo, just so good. <laughs> Especially considering, like, all of our creatures are pretty expensive. And yes, I realize that sometimes you're just going to, like, brick and you're going to hit, like, uh, maybe a cannon spell or something like that. Something you can't use. But that means it goes to your hand. Exactly. Sure people know, but it goes to your hand. Yeah. <laughs> just draw a card.
1: Exactly. I used to run a Rashmi deck, and it's just yeah, loved it to bits. It was it was oh, it's it was just so, so much fun. It almost doesn't matter how much synergy you're really building into it because I just...
0: I maybe stopped playing mine because <laughs> mine was taking turns.
1: Yeah, exactly. So well, that's what mine yeah. turned into as well. So mine was because yeah, uh, it makes sense. I had this thing actually. No, it was I had the objective to um, um, copy Pathbreaker Ibexes. That was pretty fun using uh, mm-hmm. there's a reflection uh, enchantment all the different other ways to do it, and then doing 10,000 damage pretty much. That was good fun. Uh, but it inevitably turned into the uh, the Intet deck. So it, it gained red mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, other stuff. And then it became the turn, taking turns. Uh, haven't yeah, haven't played much. that one for a while because I think a few people yeah. got a little bit over it. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, so we have a Dire Fleet Daredevil in here. I saw that. Human Pirate 2-1 uh, for one color to red. First Strike. Uh, when it ends the battlefield, exile target instant or sorcery card for an opponent's graveyard, and you may cast that card this turn. Uh, you can cast mana as, uh, use mana as though it was any color of that type. Uh, if it would to be put into a graveyard this turn, exile it instead. Uh, not a lot of coal for this, but if you can bolt a bird using somebody else's bolt on their own bird, it's hilarious. Oh yeah, totally. But uh, the amount of times that I've used that to just kind of, like, get uh, an extra windfall or something like that from somebody else's graveyard. Yeah. You know, it's been pretty good. Like, somebody resets everyone's hands, they feel all safe, and, like, um, I'm all good now, and then you reset everyone's hands again, and they're like, oh, I just lost this great hand I had. Excuse me. We have a Dockside Extortionist. This is one color, to red. For Goblin Pirate. This is a one-two. And when it ends the battlefield, create X treasure tokens where X is the number of artifacts and enchantments your opponents control. That's all opponents,
1: just FYI. Oh, yeah, great card. It's getting pricey. It was in- we, of course, have a Scavenging Ooze. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's not flashy, but it's what you need in your commander deck. It's just sensible. Exactly.
0: We also have a Scavenging Ooze. This is one green. Exile Target card from a graveyard. Uh, if it was a creature card, put a plus one, plus one counter on the scavenging use, and you gain a life. Get bigger. big uh, We have the Hellkite Tyrant that we spoke about before. Basically, it's just flying in trample, and when it deals damage to a player, you get to uh, steal all their artifacts. Put that one to the back. We have a Prowling Serpa part. Mm. This is two green and a colors. Can't be counted, and creature spells you control can't be counted. It's just a 4-3, so it's nice and big. Just a good cat snake boy. Exactly. And then we have a Surak Dragon Claw, mm. which is uh, an interesting fit into this deck. And, well, I mean, it's mostly just because it gives Trample to stuff. Two colors, one green, one blue, one red, all everywhere straight punched. <laughs> Human warrior, 6-6 six, six with flash. Can't be countered. Uh. C- creature spells you control can't be countered as well. Other creatures you control have Trample. Nice. You used to have a
1: Surak deck, didn't you? Then we have, I did, yeah. Yeah, that's not, not so bad.
0: Yeah, no, it's not, it's not, not for a long time. Ah, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Inferno Titan, this is four colors and two red for a creature giant, uh, spend a red, gets plus one, plus one until the end of turn the of as many times you want, six, six, and when it enters Battlefoot battlefield or attacks, it deals three damage divided as you choose among one, two, or three targets. So, pretty helpful if you want to give that trample by way of Sirach punching bears in face. The last one, and possibly my favorite one, is a backdraft Hellkite. Yes. This is three colors and two red for a 4-4 flyer dragon. Whenever the Hellkite attacks, each instant and sorcery card in your graveyard gains flashback until the end of turn. The flashback cost is equal to its mana cost. Just real solid to like, you know, uh, ponder or something like again, or you know a number of different things. Mm. And it's on a five mana package too.
1: Like it's it's really solid. Really
0: and that is the deck. Basically what it wants to do is it, it just wants value. Like yeah. the deck was based around extra combat step with value. And yeah, it probably should have some miracle cards in it. And I'll probably do that at some stage, but at this point, this is version one Yeah. And I think it's it's a pretty solid you know pretty solid deck with a pretty solid premise, which is you know, load up Peko and then just have Peko like one shot people and then take an extra combat step and one shot somebody else and just kind of like try and wreck the table in a single turn if you can. Yeah, you you uh, can, you you can be
1: creating the uh, the questions that need to be answered, and and I think that's it. That um, it's 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 a cool parallel actually with Rashmi that. I remember with the Rashmi deck, I was in a nice, comfortable zone there where you didn't have to you didn't have to build something that was hyper synergistic. Yeah, sure, you can do all the top deck stuff like you say, but it kind of doesn't matter as much when you take that pressure off and just go. It's generally just value anyway. So let's play the cards we want to play. That was the same approach when, um, yeah, we played Joel and Sralmond about it. Like he was just like, I want to play the cards I want to play. You get the background and the the, the kind of bones of the deck, and this is a great way to think about it. It, you, you build in your ramp package, your your 10 plus pieces at least, uh, a bunch of card draw pieces as well, make sure you're there. But again, Halden and Paco kind of take care of that more or less themselves. And then it's a matter of just playing good value cards, uh, not just purely good stuff. There's, there's definitely like strong considerations because you still have a, a game plan. You're heading towards that, but there is absolutely capacity in there. As opposed to some other builds where every slot absolutely is so critical to the game plans like no we can we can play some good value and then the, also the, the the kind of the whole factor of that too is you're playing other people's cards um, or you'll be able to so it's it's new stuff coming up every time always a fun time um, and I think I really love the design space of holding and Packer to do that so also say chesh. Budget-wise, is actually pretty pretty friendly. So all the main pieces here are actually it is. really really reasonable.
0: I think that the deck the deck value at the moment's probably around the three to four hundred dollars. Yeah, that's
1: ba- so that's bang on. But it's the the whole thing there. There there a lot of that's tied up in a few pieces. Like I I personally don't mm. run Rhystic Study in all my decks at all. Like I actually haven't even put it in one. I don't think I've ever played one. Um, I've got one. It sits in my commander cube. And that's about it. You've got your strip mine great but you don't need it just run a if you need to run a ghost quarter or something um and a few things like your breeding pool great and it's it's important for mana but it's like if you don't have one don't stress uh and then other than that there's only there wasn't really that many pieces that were blowing over ten dollars at all like maybe a mystical cheer like it was just all really reasonably and really really accessible Uh, and you can just build this and be a solid six on the table and you know maybe a seven sometimes and it's just like that's fun it's really fun and especially it's got a little bit of that scalability that you'll be able to play other people's cards too
0: yeah and like i didn't go into it thinking like oh, i need to be budget-minded yeah exactly um, pretty much i just went into it with a, a slight plan of like all right well paiko gets counters you know for for non-creature cards being removed like i don't want to try and manipulate the top cards of anyone else's deck yes yeah. but I mean the best way for me to utilize this is to get in extra combat steps or extra turns. So, the, the base building block was just like, all right, well, what can give me extra combat faces? Don't worry about okay, quality, great. just get quantity. <laughs> Pretty much. And, and now, how do I capitalize on that? Okay, so, Rogue's Passage is great. Well, I probably don't want to overload the deck with too many effects like that because mm. people get angry at me because it's, you know, too consistent. So, we'll just do it and that's fine. Yeah, it doesn't but feel like, like it's trying out?
1: too hard. That's also the thing, no. you know, the identity of it. And,
0: and that's it. Like, how can we get out the Rogue's Passage? you know, and tutor for it without looking like a strong tutor deck Hmm. so that we don't draw that much attention. Okay, great. So we've got some ramp that can go and do that, but it does it later in the game anyway. You know, like, it's based around, like... The subtle actions that you take that no one's going to notice. And then before they know it, you're hitting them for 14 minutes yeah, with late. a double exactly. strike, seven, seven, paco, And, and you know, like, I'll, I'll take another combat step now and then I'll just like kill you yeah. and take you out of the game.
1: Yeah, it's good. It's, it's like, it's got beef, but it's, it's not in your face straight away. And I, I think that's yeah. a really powerful thing as far as you're not anyone's arch enemy straight away or anything like that. Exactly. Actually, a it doesn't. It
0: doesn't go out of its way to make you realize what it's doing. It doesn't go out of its way to make an enemy of the table. Yep. It doesn't do anything that you know that's gross or upsetting. Uh, it really does just sneak in the win.
1: He just is is just a good fun dude and he's good dog. He's good as boy.
0: Yeah. Exactly. He's the bestest boy.
1: Yeah, and I think it just embodies all these things. Uh, and I wanted to talk about it this week because it hat it leans into a principle first of all that using other people's cards. Uh, that it's more manageable than you think, basically, and communication is good, and then also just the general principle of what we love to strive for in Commander, which is just having a good time, getting people involved, um, nothing too oppressive, unless everyone's okay with being on that power level. It's key, absolutely key, to establish where you're at, um, you know, even loosely. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of it. That it's it's also you haven't done a really deck tech for a little while so i was like yeah I'm just run through a deck and see how it goes um and just super keen to try it out with Chesh. so yeah mm. we'll make it happen Me too um also that we've got we've got a bit of a commander community brewing for sure it's just like uh i mean that's that's kind of what this whole time's been about but uh, more than ever now that i've been engaged and in, in, and um in, into some of these webcam games been really really amazing to just first of all just dm some people and just go hey you ready for a game i'm you know keen uh whereas previously i would be like oh i don't want to bother anyone it's like no everyone's you know we're all in this for sure and it wasn't the until the other day or uh, well, first of all the one shout out to um commander at arms podcast james and paul uh i've been talking to those guys for ages and um just things back and forth james is an australian in, in florida um so he was surprised to hear other uh some other australians i'm like yeah they do exist <laughs> um but i got a game with those guys on the weekend and gonna hopefully do more uh then also the the game i had earlier uh with uh create commander and chain of is it chain of commander yeah I'm just call him chain i was like yeah that's that's actually a a great short form name um his name's bill but he's like i was like well, bill or chain he's like chain sounds pretty badass i'm like yeah exactly so uh yeah, you flip those guys a message, uh follow them, whatever. Um just absolute fantastic humans and uh had some great games with them for sure. So um yeah, and of course all the Lexicon uh le- Lexinauts, Lexicons um the <laughs> Lexicons sounds really good. Uh yeah, the MCG Lexicon uh Faithful, absolute legends pretty really much all the way through the community, each one of them, and um uh, for having both Chesh and I on uh, the stream at different times and very much come back as well and and do it again. But their community has also been integral for um, getting together uh, and finding games on the webcam. So jump in their discord and find the looking for game webcam uh, category and jump in and see if either of us are yelling out for a game and we'll get in touch. And more importantly, just email us uh, or or message us on Twitter and we'll make it happen. Time, uh, time zones permitting essentially. So that's that's been some magic for this week, Chesh. Any anything else magic wise to chime in with before we go to this nice. spicy entertaining thing you've got written down here? That's that's pretty much it. Ah, good, good. So yeah, please, 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 Chesh, tell me why on earth it says a certain scientific railgun on your uh, on your because that's the name
0: of of an anime. What are you talking about? So what was called. Yeah, a certain scientific
1: railgun. I, mean, I thought you were just being really, like, uh, intentionally obtuse about it. No. Yeah. That sounds really funny. It's like, what did the... Uh, is, is a new railgun being developed and we're about to find out about it or something's going to change the world? No. She's a railgun. Wait, what? She's a railgun. Whoa! Dang. Yeah,
0: she's she's a mutated human, basically. Like, so there's all these kids and they've been mutated slightly. Like, their genome's been the DNA has been like bucked with basically, mutate a little bit. Um, yeah, and uh, hers is she's uh, electric powered basically, so she can shoot like railgun. <laughs> she has a coin that she flips and turns to like massive beam. Um, so but good. she controls electricity. Uh, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone about the, the story and where it goes to, but give it a chance. Mm. And when you first watch it, please 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 realize it is not a weird fetish anime it it starts out really weird because her her roommate has forced out the original roommate and is in love with her and is constantly like kidding on her and like you know being really super creepy about it and like you know like sleeping in her bed and stuff and wanting to see naked um and i know how that sounds but it's not like that at all it's it's weird that they put it in it has nothing to do yeah, with like right
1: is this just the trying to get people's attention thing and just like get them yeah and pretty like, much. and then never do- it never kind of address because
0: they there's also these two friends that they have and these friends are absolutely straight there's there's nothing like weird going on there at all um they're not like you know hiding anything from anyone. Um, and that's the reason why I'm using the word weird, because in some animes, like, they do that whole, like, yeah, we're lesbians, but we don't want to tell anyone. Mm. It's like, what are you doing with this? Like, yeah, yeah. why don't you just say that they're lesbians and embrace it? Like, what are you doing? Um, there's none of that. But, 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 these level zeros, which means that they've, they've got, you know, like, no, no, next to no power. Um, one of them likes looking up the other one's skirt every episode. And that stops after a while, sort of, for the most part. But like commenting on a granny panties, and I'm like, I what, what is this fetish? I've had like, to draw the line stuff?
1: with anime. Anime I enjoy over the years, and understanding that's just kind of a thing. And you know, it, it which is, is not but like accepting this is the it, kind like, of you know what I mean. It's this, this isn't
0: like the blatant like we're going to show it. Yeah, like they show it from the angle from behind, so. I mean, it's not like they ever flashed the undies or anything like that, mm. which I'm I'm super happy about. But at the same time, I'm like, this just doesn't need to be yeah, here it's, it's at all. Exactly. But all, all it is that aside, very enjoyable. Yes. It is very fun, um, and I've I've actually just like found myself sinking into it, just going, actually, this is quite good for an anime, yeah. despite these like little niggling weirdness. <laughs>
1: And so again, weird. there's there's plenty of those Asides, we have in an anime over the uh, You know, uh, they kind Of just almost need to address this part of the Territory sometimes, but yeah and A bit of bit of schoolyard kind of uh, sh- Shenanigans and, and Stuff it looks like as well, like, you know uh, Mischief and shoes and all That stuff, so being that Flavour of anime, I guess it is, reminding me of um, Now forgive me, this is super um, uh, Basic of me And, and, and not much depth in, in My knowledge of anime, but Uh, whenever it goes to the schoolyard stuff. I was like, oh, like one of my favourites, Full full Metal um, Panic, not Alchemist. Do you ever watch that one?
0: Uh, Yes, I do. Yeah, classic, like
1: little little light mech action, a bit of schoolyard stuff, but yeah, pretty pretty typical anime stuff, but um, yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, so it's funny because after you said it initially, you said nothing more about Railgun, so I'm sure you're mm-hmm. not giving anything away. So we'll we will we will get to how that'll works, I guess, if you watch it. She's real cool and people have powers, yeah, and that's awesome. G is a railgun. Very cool. Yeah. Love it. So uh check that one out, folks. Um my one this week was one that's probably popped up for most people on Netflix and as Netflix does, it throws up in your face and, and uh as in on the as soon as you jump into Netflix, you know it's there because the new thing, it's been promoted, whatever. Maybe it's just the Australian one, maybe it's everyone. I don't I'm not too sure, but I'm sure based on the library of the the states, you'll have access to it because you have infinitely more uh, content than we do, where you only get a small little portion of it. But it came up as a Netflix doco uh, called My Octopus Teacher. Have you seen this one, Chesh, or see it come no. up?
0: Not at all, but that sounds not like an anime that I want to watch. No, it's not anime. <laughs>
1: so I, it's. I know that's the it's, joke. It's, yes, so I don't want to watch it because it's not anime. Um, but it sounds like an octo. an octopus. It sounds like an anime title. It almost could be. Um, mm-hmm. I was thinking Octopath Traveler. That's where it kind of converges a little bit, which I'm pretty sure is a game. Anyway, so. Check this one out if you ever get a chance. Uh, as far as it's basically, I won't spoil too much, but it is the story of a guy who was a journalist and he basically he was, he was going around the world and filming stuff, whatever, and um, and then just kind of got over everything and was really burnt out and he decided to be there for his kids. Uh, he was going to just need to have a life change and he moved to the coast and uh, started doing other stuff and or stopped he said he couldn't even face doing any journalism or um, any filming or editing or that kind of thing anymore. He just needed a massive break, and he started diving um, off the coast of South Africa, I believe, and uh, just to, like with a snorkel, um, yeah, pretty much just it's like kind of free diving with a snorkel, not going crazy deep. Uh, didn't wear a wetsuit, but he gets into all that. About he wanted to feel close to nature again. And um, feel like he was part of that. And he said it just is the most humbling experience and that's what you needed. And he started doing it. And then before long, he noticed something really weird and it was a bunch of shells clustered together and moving about. And even the fish were perplexed he could see. And it's just like, well, this is what it's all about. I completely (laughs) lost track of everything going on um, by looking at this thing underwater and just mesmerized. And out comes this little octopus. And uh, he's like, what the? And uh, yeah, so um, lo and behold- the octopus notices him I think basically scoots off um, A little bit freaked out But then he, I think he has another encounter And uh, it just looks out And it's just like Octopus is amazing Amazingly clever creatures And uh, just looks at him And goes what are you doing But with a curiosity uh, And even what the octopus did then Was held out a shell Like a shield And then slowly scooched forward towards him and he's like, wow, this is the strangest <laughs> connection I've ever had in my life. And basically, he then goes back. He goes, what if I go back every day? And he slowly builds a relationship with this octopus and actually becomes its friend. And it, it drops its guard a, a, eventually to trust him. And um, incredible. Then he eats it. No. Well, I, I'm, I'm not going to spoil <laughs> anything because the, the the whole story is amazing. Um, but what it will do, first of all, octopuses only live for a year basically two, which is like the whole. It's like the Vidalcan thing, you know. The Vidalcan, what's the story thing in Magic? They only live for a few years. I don't pay attention. Neither do I. But um, I did hear that little factor. That It's like you have this hyperactive brain that is so incredibly smart, which the whole point of this movie too, like makes me feel like a dumb human when you, I think octopuses are so smart and they really have to be. They'll outbid anything. Um, because they're essentially the glass cannon. They're very uh, of the the sea world. They're, they're very fragile, but they have to use everything, guile and and. and And quips and the fact that they can um, change colours and and do all that stuff. They're also, they've got their brains, I'm probably doing a really bad job of explaining how uh, the anatomy of octopus, octopus works, but as far as I understand, their brain or their consciousness is actually kind of spread out from not just one point, it's kind of within their tentacles as well, things like that. So, mm. they've got a more of a, it's a great metaphor, they've got more of a feeling and understanding of everything around them because they can literally feel it. And that was something that, a fact that became really powerful to me. I was like, whoa, how how many of us are actually truly feeling anything around us? And and again, I've had a big theme of searching for what, is, what does nature mean to us and I personally think it means a lot more than we think it does and we have a need for it and i think we naturally need to be surrounded by nature and uh but yeah i'd just say just go watch it i am really keen when i when my restrictions uh drop around here to go back to the ocean because i haven't been for a surf for a few months and it's starting to really fry me um but not only that not just surfing because it's an action of surfing Going diving, I really want to, and it's not something I've had the patience to do for a long time. But this is this <laughs> year's taught me. It's like this is what you need to do and, and feel feel connection. But yeah, highly recommended. Watch it. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. Uh, but make you reconsider what we what nature means to us. Like most importantly, so. and yeah.
0: and also educate yourself on octopus, o- octopi. What's that? Octopuses, uh, Octopuses are really fucking smart. They're oh, really yeah. smart. It, that's the thing. Like. It's like- we are Amazingly dumb. We are smart. dumb
1: humans, and I think that's it. Hmm. And like the theme there too, when when uh, something like that can communicate as well in a way, uh, and we're kind of dropped down to we we use our voices, which can be eloquent sometimes, but it's still a crude form of communication. Like it's, I don't know, uh, it can be misinterpreted, whatever. But yeah, you'll you'll see, you'll see. Exactly. So um, yeah, anything else you want to finish off on, Chesh, or uh, is it dinner time? Right, that's that's pretty much it. What are we having for dinner?
0: Uh, probably octopus. Don't. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I feel bad. Uh, don't know what you expected from me, really. Takoyaki. If you've if you've never had um teppanyaki, uh, octopus tentacle.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do suggest that it is. Yeah, like I said, takoyaki t- is my favorite. Is the optical, octopus dumpling? But yeah, I've got to. Um, yeah. I think I have had the tapanyaki with the. In saying all that love about the octopus, yes, I have. We we eat things. Look, I mean, you,
0: you can love something and eat it. Well, that's as long as it's you know what
1: that is actually a very good point and theme of the the show too. Not that he eats it, but it's accepting uh, also think- the realities of nature. And Infectious. there were certain moments he could have intervened about things and he didn't and he chose not to because he goes, It's not my place. Mm. And that goes for anyone feeding ducks or all things like that. It's like <laughs> Don't don't feed don't. ducks bread. Exactly. Don't feed that like that's not it's their bad. thing. It's gonna change their behaviour. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly.
0: Oh they can't they
1: can't stomach it. That it kills them. What's that? It, bread kills well, them. Yeah, it's that too. And it's like it's not yeah. it's not the thing they should be eating, for sure. Yeah. Poor, poor, ducks. Anyway, good chat, good, uh, good nature chat, chef. That's good.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: So, um, uh, next week, yes, I said we've got a, well, we've got a. Uh, I was going to say visitor, a guest on, and then the week after, basically, we've got lots of guests lined up. It's good. So we'll be back to lots on. of guests. Yeah, exactly. Just hanging out and talking with our friends again. Um, very, very soon. But uh, until then. Like I say, may all your top decks be amazing and, and good good targets for uh for, for Paco and Holden. And um any advice you got this week, Chesh? Uh mint chocolate chip ice cream is the best thing in the world. Fair enough. And rum and raisin old gold is uh the best chocolate I can get too. Yeah. There you go. Not mm-hmm. the best, but it's pretty good. Anyway, I'm about eighty years old. Bracements are gross. <laughs> nah, I don't mind. Good. Yes. Anyway. Take care, folks. See ya.